0: Today is October 27th, 2023. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Welcome to another boxing edition of the podcast. I'm going to touch on a little bit of everything that's going on in the world of boxing. From this weekend, from a little bit of what happened last weekend, and a few things that are coming up in the future. Let's talk about last week real quick. Tim Zhu had a convincing, destructive victory over Brian Mendoza. I thought the fight was really competitive early on. I thought Mendoza showed that he's a true warrior. He's truly a tough out for anyone at 154. Is he the best? Well, he just proved that he wasn't. But he has what it takes to test any fighter in that division. I don't care who you are. You're not just going to walk through him. There were times in this fight where it appeared like Tim Zhu was walking through Mendoza. Then Mendoza would fire back. Then Mendoza would let off a good combination. Then Mendoza would land a big shot on Tim Zhu. He didn't have the firepower later on in the fight, but he had the will, he had the chin, and he had the heart to continue to give it everything he had. That can discourage some fighters, especially when you're in the eighth or ninth round and you realize, hey, I've hit this guy with my best shit for the last eight rounds, and he's still. Coming forward, a lot of guys would start to question themselves. Tim Zhu was not that guy. Tim Zhu showed the maturity, he showed the poise, and he showed the ability to stick to a game plan and systematically break a guy down over the course of a fight. Tim Zhu is becoming a fighter that is hard not to respect. At first, a lot of people, myself included, were kind of a little bit curious, I'll say. We weren't doubting him. but We were curious as to what this kid from Australia really has. He hadn't proven much. He hadn't even made his U.S. debut at the time that we were hearing about him becoming a contender for Jamel Charles crown at the time when he had all four of the belts. Now you look up and you realize, wow, Tim Zuz quietly built a really impressive resume ever since he made that U.S. debut. He fought Terrell Goucher. He fought Tony Harrison. He fought Brian Mendoza. These guys are all quality opponents. He beat them in different fashions. All three of those guys I just mentioned fight a different way than each other and even differently than a Jamel Chalo, who could potentially be next up for Timzoo This guy is really gaining the experience, gaining um, the comfortability In big time events. Are these massive fights? No. But these are all. High stakes matchups. That he opted to go out and seek. Because remember. He had a fight. Already scheduled. With Jamel Charlo. Before that whole Canelo fight. Then. Charlo had to postpone it. Because of a wrist injury I believe. So. Tim Zhu could have opted to wait for Charlo. Granted Charlo ended up fighting Canelo. But. He could have opted to wait. Instead of choosing to wait, Tim Zhu said, no, I'll fight Tony Harrison, who was, up until that point, he was Jamel Charlo's toughest opponent. So he opted to go that route. He didn't have to take that fight. Tim Zhu is proven that he will take tough challenges. Fighting Carlos Ocampo, another dangerous type of guy that people thought would give him issues. Granted, he got him out of there in the first round. But going into that fight, people thought Ocampo could provide a little resistance to what Tim Zhu brings to the table. That didn't happen. So Tim Zhu isn't playing with his food. Tim Zhu is creating action fights. That's another thing that's very important. The casual fan wants to see action. Hell, the diehard fans want it too. But a casual fan who isn't typically into boxing, if he isn't drawn in by the action right away, you may lose him instantly. That fan may never be a fan. Of boxing, He may never be willing to sit down and watch a 12-round fight if he's bored when he finally does. So that's something that Tim Zou's providing. He's providing action. He's providing quality competition. He's even good for a soundbite or two. He's got charisma. This guy has the potential to be a really big star in the sport. It depends what he does next. Hopefully, what's next for him is the Jamel Charlo fight. Now, I... I'm a little bit torn between that fight Because if you would have told me That Jermell Charlo was defending The Undisputed Crown against Tim Zoo That was supposed to happen I believe early this year Going into that fight I said you know what Jermell Charlo is going to stop Tim Zoo He's going to hurt Tim Zoo Tim Zo's too inexperienced Just doesn't have The skill like Charlo has, fast forward to now, it's a different story, isn't it? In that time, Tim Zhu has acquired the experience, as I just mentioned. Not only has he acquired the experience, Jermel has ballooned up to 168, jumping two weight classes up, and then now, if he's going to take this fight, would have to cut back down. That can be career suicide. We saw it with guys like Roy Jones. We saw it with guys like Oscar De La Hoya. There's many other examples I'm sure you guys can think of as you're listening to this podcast. When a guy jumps up in weight and then cuts back down, there can be issues with punch resistance. There can be issues with stamina. It opens up a whole different can of worms that most fighters aren't accustomed to. I'm afraid that could happen with Jamel Charlo. It remains to be seen. So, going into that fight, if you were to make this fight tomorrow, Tim Zhu versus Jamel Charlo, I would say that is a 50 50 type matchup based on the unknown, based on what we do know as well, as far as Tim Zhu being a vicious puncher. He's going in there and he don't care if you're throwing back. He don't care if you're if you're landing something in exchanges. He is going to take that risk. He's going to dive in the pocket and unload with hooks. That's what he's going to do. So, regardless if Jamel is on his A game or not, I think that's a fire action fight, tit for tat type battle that Jamel would probably get the better of. But if Jamel isn't on his A game, <laughs> he'll be in some serious, serious trouble. And he could potentially get stopped in a fight that goes the way I think it could go. But hopefully we get that fight. We want to see big fights. That certainly is a big fight. That would be for all of the belts at 154 pounds, a division that continues to deliver all action fights. But that was last weekend. Let's talk about this weekend. Tomorrow night, actually, if you're listening to this on the 27th, The 28th, over in Saudi Arabia, we have a massive event. I'm not going to call it a great fight because it's anything but a great fight, but it is a great spectacle. It is something that brings two huge sports together. I'm talking MMA and boxing. I'm talking about two of the top heavyweight athletes in sports, and that is Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. This is a fight that I see as a circus-type event. It's a big attraction. It's going to draw in a lot of casual fans. It's going to draw in the celebrity. They had a gala earlier today in Saudi Arabia with the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Eminem, uh, one of the coldest MCs in the history of rap, Royce the 5'9". If you're not familiar with him and you're a fan of hip-hop, go back and check his catalog out one of the best MCs to ever touch a microphone. But that's neither here nor there. You had face-offs between guys like Artur Beterbiev and Dmitry Bivel. Like, this thing was generating a lot of attention. Speaking of those two, side note really quick. I'm not going to get too far into it. But Bivel and Beterbiev need to get in the ring. The face-off is cool, but it's time to get in the ring. We talked about how long it took Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence and some of these other fights that we're waiting for, these two, Bivol and Biev, have been champion in the same weight class since 2017. That's inexcusable. We're not giving these guys enough of a hassle. We're on the backs of guys like Canelo and guys like Benavidez and Spence and Crawford and a ton of other fighters to get in there and fight each other. But where's the outcry for these two? These are two of the best. These are two unbeaten fighters. They need to make it happen. They need to unify. We need to find out who the best at 175 truly is. But back to this fight this weekend. Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. It's bringing in a lot of celebrities. It's bringing in a lot of media attention. But it's not going to be a competitive fight. I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys. If you're listening for a reason to bet on Francis Ngannou, you're not going to get one from me. You may find it on YouTube. You may find it other places. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the percentage of Francis and Ghana winning this fight is 0.1. 0.1. That 0.1 is the, in the event of Tyson Fury having a catastrophic injury during the fight. Like tearing his ACL. Tearing his entire knee up, really. Even an ACL would probably still win the fight. A torn Achilles. Um, a separated shoulder. Even those things, he could potentially still win the fight. It's going to take something terrible to happen to Tyson Fury to his body. He's going to have to tear something off the bone. It's going to be that drastic for him to lose this fight. I don't see any way Francis Ngannou can win this fight. This is a boxing match. This isn't an MMA fight. This isn't a street fight. This is a boxing match. Something that Tyson Fury has been doing nearly his entire life. Something that Francis Ngannou... Adds into his repertoire. It's not the same thing. I've been shooting a basketball for most of my life. I'm not a basketball player. I don't even like basketball. But I've been around enough gyms and basketball courts outside to know the basics of shooting a basketball. Am I a great basketball player? Absolutely not. That's the same with Francis Ngannou. Is he a great boxer? Absolutely not. Because if he was, he would be a pro boxer. He's not. He's fighting MMA. It's a completely different style of fighting. He has acquired the services of Mike Tyson, one of the most iconic figures in the entire sports history. He can't teach Francis Ngannou how to beat Tyson Fury. I just mentioned my lack of skill in basketball. If I were to train with Michael Jordan, with Paul Pierce, with Dirk Nowitzki, some just a random assortment of great basketball players, if I were to train with them for even a year straight, I wouldn't be at the level of the worst NBA player in history. That is the type of hill that Ngannou is facing. He's not going in there with the worst boxer in history. He's going in there with one of the best boxers on the planet. He's going in there with a freak athlete considering his size. This guy is six nine, And moves like a light heavyweight. The fluidity of the movement is just going to be too much. Never mind the boxing skill. The fluidity of the movement is going to be too much for Francis Ngannou to handle. He's going to be lost in there. He's not going to know how to defend himself properly. There's not enough time for him to learn these skills. That Tyson Fury has acquired over the course of his life. This dude. Francis Ngannou. And I'm sure he's tough. I'm not big in MMA. So I don't know. But he's a former champion. Or a current champion. I know he was the champion in UFC before leaving the company. He's a bad dude right. He's tough as nails I'm sure. He could fight his ass off. But can he throw. Combination punches. Can he defend. Against a guy who could fight on the inside. At a high level. He could fight. On the outside, at an extremely high level, he could throw from both sides of the plate, so to speak. He could throw as a southpaw. He could throw as an orthodox fighter. He has power in both hands. And does he have that one punch power? Not really. And I know people are going to point to the knockout over Dillian White. The thing with Dillian White is, if you're a heavyweight fighter with an above average uppercut, you have the chance to stop Dillian White. That's just the facts. He's susceptible to the uppercut, everybody knows that. But Tyson Fury can punch, I'm not saying he can't punch, but he's not known as a huge puncher. He has enough pop to get ingato out of there and he's gonna probably stop him, I'd say in the middle of the fight, he'll probably toy with him for a few rounds, a la Mayweather McGregor type, toy with him, maybe not to that extent, but toy with him a little bit and then get him out of there. This is a spectacle, it's a show, You want to sell another one, so you don't want to just completely destroy this guy in one round or two rounds. But the longer the fight goes, that's even worse for Francis Ngannou. He's used to fighting, I guess, five-round fights. As a heavyweight, I imagine most of his fights don't go the distance. But even if they do, he's not acquired... Excuse me, he's not accustomed to fighting at that pace in that many rounds. So if this... Has any chance of going past seven rounds, it's going to be a bad knockout because he's going to be exhausted and he's going to be getting destroyed, whether it's on the inside or the outside. However, Fiori wants to fight this fight, he's going to fight it. Don't get it twisted. This guy in Ganu, he may have power in MMA, but it's completely different with boxing gloves on. You throw punches completely differently. You're not going to be catching guys wide open with these wide shots. MMA guys. How did uh, how did Bob Aaron put it? It is not a sport that shows great, great talent. The guys who throw punches can't throw a punch to save their ass. When the punches land, the guys have no chins. These are not like boxes. They are not trained like boxes. Yeah, that pretty much sums up how I feel about the fight. It's a cash grab, and I don't blame them. You're going to make tons of money. It's going to be a big event. It's going to be popular. It's going to be talked about. It's going to go viral. Don't blame Tyson Fury for this. I do blame him for the previous fights before this against Chisora and Dillian White. I thought those were pretty much a waste of time. There were plenty of other competitive options. Obviously, Usyk, but you have guys like Philip Ergovich, guys like Big Bang Zhang, guys like Andy Ruiz. Other fights that I felt would be more competitive and... Would draw more interest from the fans, quite frankly. Even Joe Joyce before the Big Bang fight, I thought that would draw more interest than Dillian White or Chisora. Maybe in the UK, those events did really well, and I believe they sold out in at least one of those fights. But worldwide, I don't think we cared about Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora like that. Didn't I? Don't even remember watching that live. It wasn't something that I sought out. It's something that if I was home with nothing to do, I would tune it on, but it's not something that I made appointment television. Whereas Usyk versus Fury, of course, will be appointment television. We'll all be watching that one. This one, take it or leave it. um, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing during that fight, the Fury versus Engato fight. If I'm around, if I have time to watch it, absolutely, I'm going to turn it on. I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. But I'm not going to plan my day around it. If you're into that fight, more power to you. I'm never going to tell someone not to watch some boxing. If you want to watch that fight, watch it. Just know what you're going to get. You're going to get a one-sided fight with a novice against the heavyweight champion of the world. That's what it is. Both guys came in well over 270. You're going to see two gigantic human beings throwing fists if that's something you're into. Put it on. Have a good time with it. But don't expect high, high quality boxing because that is not where you're going to get. It's not like Mike Tyson, who was training in Ghana, can reincarnate the 20-year-old version of himself and go out there and fight Fury for him. That can't happen. That would be an interesting fight. That would be a fight worth paying for in pay-per-view. I had a friend of mine ask, speaking of Mike Tyson, I had a friend of mine ask if I have... Tyson Fury top 5 all time Heavyweights Absolutely not I think Tyson Fury has skills And more importantly size that, pause, that will translate To any era I think he'll give any Heavyweight in any era A tough matchup Does that mean he'll win? No, I think there are plenty of heavyweights That can beat him I think guys like Muhammad Ali Larry Holmes Joe Lewis, Lennox Lewis, guys like Mike Tyson. um, I think all those guys beat Tyson Fury. And I also know that depending on the referee, Deontay Wilder had a case to beat Tyson Fury in two of those fights. I think depending on the referee, Otto Wallin would have a case to beat Tyson Fury in their fight. Because that cut was so bad, a lot of refs would have stopped that. But any given night, just like the NFL, any given Sunday in boxing, when you have top, top fighters, any given night, Tyson Fury can give these guys real trouble because he's so big and so agile for that size. He would create issues for everyone. But top five, no. I think you've got to do a little bit more. I mentioned the last two fights he had were kind of a waste of time. This fight, I get it for the money's sake, but legacy-wise, he's not doing himself any favors I think he needs a few more quality wins to be considered in that 5 to 10 range when you're talking all time. People have short memories when it comes to all time. They think the time they live in is automatically the best time ever. No. Do your research. Do the history. Do the knowledge, as they say. Go back. Watch some of these fights from these greats, and you'll see how many fighters they beat consecutively that were at higher levels than any of the fighters Tyson Fury has been in the ring. You can't discredit Deontay Wilder and then praise Fury so much for beating him. It doesn't work like that. Deontay Wilder is one of the most devastating punchers of all time. And that is an incredible victory for Tyson Fury to say he's had twice in his career. But where are the other quality wins? He had a dud against Vladimir Klitschko. Again, he still beat him, but that was one of the worst fights I have ever seen in my life. So Tyson Fury, he's still young enough, do a little bit more work. If he can dispatch some of his contemporaries in convincing fashion, then he'll have his case when it's all said and done. But as of today, as of October 27th, 2023, Tyson Fury, to me, is not top five. Well, let's move on. We we have a circus event this week, but we also have a high-quality world championship title fight taking place at 130 pounds. You have Oshaki Foster. Defending against Eduardo Hernandez, a.k.a. Rocky Hernandez. This fight is flying under the radar. It's keeping a low profile. I think everyone needs to wake up here. This is an awesome matchup. This is a really fun fight with high stakes. It's not going to go head-to-head with that other event, Fury vs. Ngannou. So you don't have to choose between the two. If you're home on Saturday night, you're looking for some quality boxing, you throw on this fight. This is on zone. This is a championship fight. This is one that Vegas has extremely close. And I think it's going to turn out that way. It's going to be really competitive. It's going to be a great clash of styles. You have Oshaki Foster, who hasn't been given anything in the sport of boxing, has come and taken everything. Every opportunity that was sent his way, he capitalized on the big moment. He got in there with Ray Vargas and completely dominated another championship caliber fighter. Oshaki Foster, to me, his style is like a chameleon. He, he adapts to everything. He'll come in with the shoulder roll, but he could also square up in front of you and make you miss. He can control the distance with his jab, or he can work you to the body extremely efficiently. He has the tools to beat you any type of way. Rocky Hernandez, on the other hand, isn't trying to fight every type of way. He's trying to fight his way. And his way is a very rough and physical style. Rocky Hernandez is coming in there for one reason and one reason only. That is to hunt you down and to land huge uppercuts. He's going to throw wide hooks as well. But those strong and tight uppercuts that he delivers can really change the course of a fight. He's on a KO streak for a reason. He seeks and destroys. There are going to be times in this fight when Foster has no choice but to get into a brawl. I'm not saying every round, but there are going to be times in the middle of a fight, in the middle of a round, rather, where Hernandez says, screw it, I'm throwing everything I have. That is the type of style he has. He's not going in there to just win rounds. He's not content with doing that. He wants to hurt you and stop you. So that's what Foster will be dealing with throughout the course of the fight. I don't know if Foster has enough power to stop Hernandez early because Hernandez has that one stoppage on his record, and that did come in the first round. He walked into something big. I believe it was a left hook. and got caught and stopped. I don't know if Foster possesses that type of power. Maybe he does, but I do know he possesses the skills to outbox Hernandez. It's going to take a lot of focus and, To get it done, though, you're going to have to do it every single round because Hernandez is dangerous up until that final bell. Um, Some of the things, like I mentioned earlier, the wide shots, the wide hooks that Hernandez throws, that could be to his detriment. That could be where Foster makes him look foolish in there at times. I think the footwork as well, there's a little bit of a gap there that favors Foster, but that power is real in that gas tank by Hernandez is real. They call him Rocky. He wants to make a fight look like a Rocky movie. He wants to make it ugly and just full of action. That isn't the type of fight Foster wants to get into with. But if it comes down to that, Foster does have the skills and he can make he can make Hernandez pay as well. Um, I just expect a really fun one. I think the jab and the body work of Foster is going to pay dividends later in the fight, I think. He's going to bust up Hernandez's face a little bit. He's going to mark his face up and get a victory something like 8-4. But I think there will be some times in this fight where Hernandez does have Foster on the ropes or in the corner and you'll be questioning if Foster can make it out of that round. I expect a fun one. You can catch this one around 10 p.m. on the Zone is when the main event will be on. The card begins at 8 p.m. Um, There's nothing really that catches my eye on this undercard. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you see a fight on here that really intrigues you, let me know. You can follow me on Twitter at someone else on Instagram at someone else with an underscore at the end of it. Or I believe there's even comments in the Spotify section. If you're listening through Spotify, this is also available on Apple. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Give me that five-star review. But more importantly, enjoy the fights. Thank you guys for listening. I'm out.